Hey, Mama. If you are a mom and are tired of the wash, rinse, repeat burnout cycle of motherhood, this podcast is for you. If you feel lonely and isolated in your motherhood journey, this podcast is for you. If you feel like you have completely lost your identity since your babies were born, this podcast is for you. If you feel like every other mom has it together except for you, this podcast is for you. My name is Amanda, and I'm a life coach dedicated to teaching every mom the tools she needs to liberate herself off the back burner. I am living proof that a woman can be present and loving to her kids while also being a whole ass person outside of being that kid's mom. The secret? Learning when to say fuck it. Hello, my mamas. I have a special episode for you today where I had a guest. It's usually just me. (laughs) And uh, one thing that I really want to bring to the podcast is more voices. I want to uh, bring more voices than just my own to share with you here, um, to just have different perspectives, different stories, and different points of view. And so today we have Connie Kroskin. Uh, she is she has her own marketing uh, business, and we met in a networking event, and we got to talking, and we're just like we need to continue this conversation. Um, and then I was like, you should be on the podcast. So, uh, Connie has a very interesting story, but also, um, a story that I've heard so many times where she eventually realized that she has a neurodivergent brain while going through the experience of her son being diagnosed as ADHD. Um, and so she, as an adult, was then diagnosed with ADHD. And just this last summer, so just a few months ago, she was also diagnosed with autism. Um, And so it was just such a great conversation about the how having a different brain isn't a problem and how she has such an amazing relationship with her son and um, how their brains can connect in that that special way um, and how her brain working in a different way is a benefit to her as a person, as a mom, and as a business owner. It was such a great conversation and I know you guys are going to love it. See you next week. Um, But no, it's funny. My girls woke up this morning and they saw the like lightning and thunder and stuff outside and they're like, wait, does this mean that school's going to get canceled? And I'm like, no, that is not how this works. (laughs) If it had been snow, maybe. Yeah, but it has to be enough snow, right? Like I remember this time when my oldest was in first grade, when we got like nine inches of snow, 10 inches of snow overnight, like in one storm and the schools didn't close for a snow day. They just gave a two hour delay. So they're like, we'll give you two hours to sort your shit out and then you better be at school. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Yeah. So not even fully with snow, but I don't know. My kids were, it's Friday and they just woke up and they're like, wait, so can we go back to bed? I'm like, no, you need to get out of the house. I have work to do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Connie, please introduce yourself to my audience. Um, Okay. Hi, I'm Connie Kraskin. I'm a marketing consultant. Um, I help small businesses get their marketing set up. Um, setting up a good foundation for them. And then I can also help them run their regular monthly marketing activities. Um, I also am an instructor, a marketing instructor through Women Venture. I, have you heard of Women Venture? No, I have not. Because we're not too far away. Um, but they're local here in, um, they're in St. Paul right now. And okay. they provide um, like business startup services for the underserved in our area. And there's this like 20 session cohort where, you know, the uh, students can learn all about like how to get their business set up with the state, all about the marketing, the financials, you know, all of it. So they are really ready to be on their way. And so I instruct a number of the marketing strategy sessions for that. And I really that enjoy is amazing. That. Yeah. And um, and I'm also a mentor and I'm 
I'm actually going to be a guest instructor at Crown College um, in October um, for a marketing analytics course on the human side of marketing, that it's not all about the numbers. The human side of marketing. That yes. I like the sound of that. Yeah. It's just like, it, it's, I wish more businesses operated this way, but it's, it's, it's somebody talking to somebody. Like if there's one person right now reading your content or whatever, and, um, it really builds more engagement that way when you can communicate that way, you know, especially yes. as for like coaches, um, your coach. And mm-hmm. because you need to build trust differently than other businesses would. So, right. Yeah. We dive into some pretty personal things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And they need to feel safe with you and, and all of this. So yes. um, that's what I do. I'm also an artist. Um, this is one of my paintings. And really, it's just, that's beautiful. Like wildflowers and stuff. Thanks. Oh, and then this too, my mug. You did that? Yeah. Connie, that's incredible. And then there, and this is my favorite one this purple and yellow one. I don't know. I, I can use this one too, but I also. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to have to commission you to make me a mug like that. Fall is my favorite. Like, I love all the colors. I'm such a... I would like, absolutely love to. And then we can yes. make a coffee and I could give it yes. to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, um, for all of my mamas listening, I met Connie in a networking event. Uh, we both were in this virtual networking event and got to talking and we were like, oh, we need to talk more. Um, and then I decided to invite her onto the podcast because she shared with me that she was diagnosed as ADHD as an adult, right? You got diagnosed later in life, from understanding. Only to learn later on, even like 10 years later, that I'm actually autistic. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. High functioning yes. autistic, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so we got to talking about that. Someone who's very near and dear, um, in my life is also autistic and she's very high functioning as well. Um, and so we just got, and she has a son and, uh, we thought, Hey, let's do a podcast about, um, what it like the story and the experience of being a mom, um, with a brain that works a little bit differently than everybody else's. Right. And um, my son has a good case of ADHD. <laughs> Real solid oh, case. Yeah, solid. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, that helps us. It helps me. We kind of right. function similarly in some aspects. Yeah. I yes. Yes. Um, so neurodivergence is like, uh, it's a fairly new term and I feel like it's thrown around everywhere, but I, I, so I just like to start with like a solid definition with words that are kind of like trending just to like lay the foundation for everybody for like what it is exactly we're talking about. So um, I Googled it before here. Neurodivergent literally means a brain that just functions and processes differently than a quote typical brain. Okay. And I, have, I can give you an analogy. Um, okay. For, for neurotypical, um, and this I I kind of figured out when my son was in school and you know was first first got diagnosed with it, and I just devoured as much information as I could. And it seems to me that that uh, this is the analogy. Okay, neurotypical people learn and process information in a way that's like A plus B equals C. It's it's very linear. And, you know, mm-hmm. seemingly logical, but it, it follows a linear fashion. Um, neurodivergent people tend to process in more of an A plus B equals, I wonder what way. And so that's where we can get lost. We can, but we're, but we're also, you know, a lot of us are very creative because we're just pulling from different places than you might expect. Um, but yeah, we can get lost in that sometimes too, or, or, you know, waylaid, you know, definitely. Right. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I love that. I love that analogy. So you see like different options, all the different routes and avenues, as opposed to a neurotypical brain that just sees like the one path. 
Right. That would, but that's, that's how their brain works. One plus, you know, right. one plus one equals two, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I'm thinking, well, one of what plus one of what? Because maybe it doesn't actually equal two. Maybe it's something different that we're talking about, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like it needs more so, context, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So when did you get like officially diagnosed? What age were you? With the autism, um, that I'm actually autistic just this past summer. So just a few months ago, but it was, but here's how it progressed. I found out I was ADHD like 10 years ago. And it was only by learning more about my son's ADHD that, you know, someone identified, you know what, Connie, um, I'm seeing a lot of this in you. It just completely threw me like, what? You know, right. And then um, I started looking into, I wonder if I'm actually Asperger's, you know, because I can fill up that ADHD slot pretty good myself, you know, and it looked mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, Asperger's. Yep. And then I thought I need to quit diagnosing myself and just find out where I am on the spectrum. And just from a blind general standpoint, and that puts me in a high functioning autistic. Yeah. Um. So it was interesting, like, I'll tell you about my son, when, when we didn't figure out that he was processing differently until he was in third grade. And it was because I remembered, um, it was at this time where he was in, so he's in third grade, and we would spend like five hours on a Saturday working on some of his homework. And I realized, I think he's understanding the questions differently than what's intended mm-hmm. from the teacher, you know, and, you know, just having a really hard time with homework. And so I brought him to, um, well, we used to call him counselors back then, but I really love coach. He was an independent coach, not associated with the school. And um, she helped him quite a bit with a number of different things. Um, and so, you know, I got him tested and, um, you then went through the school and did the, you know, the, what is it, the, um, I forget what that's called, but the classification of, uh, ADHD, whatever. So it's somewhat of a disability being, which I hate calling it that absolutely irks me. Um, but Anyway, so once I got it going um, with him at school, so anyway, but I wanted to come, this is what I want to say about the the coach. She told me to let him do his homework with the TV on. And I was, that was so the opposite of what I would think to do. And I just, I, I kind of bristled at it a little bit, you know, and I thought, well, I'm willing to give it a try. And the kid had his homework done in half an hour. Wow. I know. I know. Something about having that background noise on. And then it wasn't until, you know, 10 years ago that I realized, you know what? I like to have the TV on all the time, whether I'm listening to it or not. I could maybe not even be in the same room, but something Uh about it helps helps with my processing. I I don't know. Um, Yeah. Um, but then, you know, okay, so here's another example with him too, that, that really convinced me was he had saved up a whole bunch of Best Buy gift cards from, you know, birthdays and Christmases and everything. And we were, we were going to Best Buy so that he could buy this game that he really wanted. He wanted to use up all of his gift cards on it. And so it's a Saturday and it's pretty busy in there. And you know what Best Buy is like anyway, you know, with all the lights and all of this tech, get, you know, gadgets, yes. things, you know, that really interest him. And so we couldn't find it on the shelf. And so we asked the sales guy, um, do you have this game, you know? And he's like, okay, let me go check. He cut, the guy comes back to tell him the answer and Eric was just like, <laughs> he zoned out. Okay. Um, 
okay, you know, and just like had a hard time processing. And that's, you know, he had not taken his meds that day. He had taken the meds. Oh. Um, so also about him, he, he would, this is what his report cards looked like. F F F F A F F F F A. He would fail all of the homework because he wouldn't do it and then get an A on the test. And so, you know, to reason with him about that, you know, why should I do it? I, I know I can, you know, I can do good on the test. And right. I, but, you know, I, but you have to prove to people and you have, you know, you still have to, it's, it's just like, I had nothing to, to work with here, you know? Yeah. Yes, well, yes. And to his brain, it was, it made zero sense to do it because exactly, it was exactly. tedious, took up time, and he already knew the information. So right. his brain right. was just like, no. Why should I bother? <laughs> no, yeah. Right. The grades aren't yes. that important to me. You know, I'm getting through this, you know? <laughs> and then he, he, um, in 11th grade, he randomly scored the highest on the science test in a very large school district in the history of the school. <laughs> wow. I know. And so now his teachers are calling me, the counselors are calling me. We need to put him in, in the AP classes and everything. And I'm like, no, we don't. Because that would mean. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, trust me, that's a horrible idea. Yes. yes. And I the kid does not need it. more homework. <laughs> no, no. I asked him about that. I do still do every once in a while just because it's so bizarre. It's just so random to me. And he's like, I, it was no big deal. It was an easy test. And it's like, no, it must not have been if you scored the highest in the history of the school. Not just the, of <laughs> it the class. Easy you know, yeah. So he's off the charts uh, smart. And he's also one of the funniest people I know. So yeah. um, it's as a neurodivergent mom, raising a neurodivergent kid, I was much more concerned about him than myself, I think. But now that I understand this about myself, so much of my past makes sense. So many things make sense, yes. you know, and I joined this um, Facebook group. Um, um, it's something about neurodivergence. I could look it up at some point if you want to put it eventually with this podcast that started putting up like memes and everything about autistic behavior or people like, you know, you're neurodivergent when, you know, whatever. And it's just like every single one, nobody's joking. <laughs> this is real, you know, yeah. it kept making more and more sense. And I, I still see things every once in a while. They're like, you know, so yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say what I might be doing or might have done differently than a neurotypical person or neurotypical mom with a right. neurodivergent kid, because we, you know, we kind of speak the same language. We have the same uh, similar um, things, but yes, there's, there has been times like, a, a number of times, and I, I welcome him commenting on it. But I so I'm farther down the scale than he is. But um, at Mall of America, we went to Mall of America to see a movie once, and it's this. I mean, if you've been there, it's this vast place full of lights and sounds, and so much, um, you know, it's so much going on. And so, yeah, there's an amusement park in the middle yeah, of it. Like the Mall of America is ridiculous. <laughs> there's a whole floor just for food, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so much going on. It's so much a stimulus, you know? Yes. And so there was one time where I stopped right at the top of the escalator on, I think, the top floor, which is where the theater was, to say something to him. Not knowing, not even realizing that there's somebody behind me. There's people behind me. <laughs> like, funny. He calls that, Mom, your social awareness sucks. You know? <laughs> what do you mean? You know? <laughs> you know? And then this right. other time we were walking out of the Lego store, 
which is such a cool place. I've always loved Legos. You know, he has too. But so we're walking out and on the way out, there, there's this whole wall of bins that are sorted by color of Lego. Yeah, they roidy bibbed it. It's so satisfying. Yes, they roidy bibbed it. I love that. As, as yeah. It, really, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I stopped to comment on that. Like, oh my gosh, that is such a great idea to organize these. You're like, you know exactly the parts you need, you know, and when I'm, I'm talking about this and he's like, mom, you know, because there's people behind us wanting to leave the store. way to talk about the lego colors you know (laughs) right right and you know from the outside looking in people might assume like oh this lady is so rude but you have it's it's not that no it's it it is a social awareness thing i'm visually overstimulated plus there's auditory plus there's it's like all of your senses are just like an overload there um and oh my god yeah i I'm neurotypical and I get overstimulated very easily and quickly in the mall of America. It's just way too much. And there's so many people and I'm just like, I want to go home underneath my blanket with a book and not talk to anybody now. (laughs) Yeah. Are you neurodivergent? Sorry. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Maybe I am. I don't know. I'm like, I've actually wondered that about myself because like I was a kid who I'm, I'm very introverted. Yes. Um, So I, I was the kid who would just like stick with a book on the like at recess, I would just grab my book and I would sit underneath the tree by myself because I'd just been in a classroom with everybody and I really didn't want to play. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to be by myself. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. My survival mode in growing up was um, art for one thing because I could just escape into it and ignore all of the mayhem around me, you know, with mm-hmm. four siblings and the, the parents and everything. Um, and, you know, ADHD, autism, being neurodivergent was not readily diagnosed unless you were way down the spectrum and like maybe non-communicative and and things like that. Otherwise it wasn't a thing. It didn't exist, but I knew I was different from everybody else. And I knew that Sometimes I said things that they were shocked at that were just point of fact to me, you know, um, some of them, I, I'll go to my grave, not understanding what happened there, you know? Um, so the way that I survived was to stay under the radar and to Mm. try to copy, you know, what my sibs were doing or what people at school were doing. So in an effort to fit in. And I think, you know, in a sense that may have helped me become um, high functioning because I figured out some um, coping mechanisms or workarounds, you know, whatever. But that was difficult. That was difficult. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was there like, is so have you ever seen the movie uh, Inside Out? The Pixar movie? Yes. Okay. So you know how there's like core memories that make up Riley? Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love that movie. It always makes me cry, but Pixar, just whatever they produce, I'm always like, okay, I'm going to bring my tissues. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Um, but do you have like a core memory where you just are like, it was maybe one of the first moments in your life where you realized, oh, I'm different than everybody around me. Um, Boy, what a good question. I don't think there was because a lot of the time I just figured I was having a problem. I'm the one with the problem here because I was the one who was different. And so I took that in, you know, in, in a lot of ways that thankfully now that we have more awareness around it, you know, kids don't have to go through that. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. No, I was just going to comment on how different it is now than when I was a child. And then when you were a child, like it's the, you know, my kids will talk to me about, um, other kids in their class and they'll just say, just like in a very offhand manner, just like, oh yeah, he has a helper teacher who helps him 
with, you know, such and such and such. And then they just move on with the rest of their story. You know, um, they, there's just so much, there's so much more acceptance for, yes. uh, and, and help, that, you know, yes. And help and assistance. Yeah. And, um, I have a fr- another friend whose daughter, they thought she might have a learning disability, but it turns out she just can't hear very well. So she needs special, um, and th- they can't really do anything about it. Um, so she just needs like the teacher to print off her notes, the teacher's notes and give it to her because she can't keep up like trying to lip read and what she can hear and process and then taking notes. Um, and then, you know, some kids just need a little extra time taking a test. They just, you know, or they need to be like, in a, in a quiet space by themselves while they take the test, or they need someone to read the questions while they're taking a test. Um, it's, it's just so beautiful that we have so much more awareness and we have so much more acceptance for brains that work a little bit differently than a, a typical brain. Um, and I don't know personally, and maybe this is just me being like, uh, very, I don't even know what the word is liberal or whatever, but I don't even really like the idea of like categorizing it as like typical and atypical or like, you know, this is how most brains usually work. And this is how this is neurodivergent brains, because for me, it's just brains working. Like, I think every brain is unique. Yes. We're all unique beings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to say too. Like, if you are wondering if you're neurodivergent, find there, here's what you can do. Or if you're a mom wondering if maybe your kid is or something, find an online assessment. Just put, you know, neurodivergent assessment, mm-hmm. free neurodivergent assessment. Okay. And then find one from a reputable place. Like, I don't recall if Mayo has one, but find a reputable hospital that you trust and then take the assessment and see where you land. And then if you, or where your kid lands, and I don't know how they work for kids right now. Like if you'd be able to, um, I think they have to be, I was going to say, I think they have to be a certain age in order to actually get a diagnosis, but I'm not a hundred percent about that. But, um, Mm -hmm. You might be able to fill it out based on what you see your kid doing. And if you find them in there somewhere, oh my gosh, just go and get the help and get him the um, extra help at school. Get him the diagnosis and then get him the extra help at school. It's going to make your life so much easier. Yes. Yes. And utilize those resources if if they're available to you. (laughs) Understand that, that your kids just processing differently. It's, it's nothing you did wrong. That's just how their brain formed. You know, I saw. Yes. It's nothing you're doing wrong and it's nothing they're doing wrong. They're not like a bad student. They're not, they don't have an attitude problem or any of that like old way of thinking. It's, it's so toxic to, to put that on any person, especially a child. Here's something I heard recently is that um, there's somebody I know out in California who, who treats this, but, or treats this way um, that they've been able to identify that something may have happened in actually for me around when my mother was five weeks pregnant with me, something may have happened in her system and the nourishment I got or whatever chemicals, you know, that I got may have shaped my brain that way. And when you're five weeks pregnant, I mean, geez, you know, I mean, it's scary to think about. I mean, oh my gosh, if you're a pregnant mom and you start thinking of that, I mean, holy cow, you know, who knows what it would be. Um, right. You, you took Tylenol. I've also seen that as an indicator that you might be, might have ADHD if your mom took Tylenol. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, um, the chemical, some weird chemical imbalance that is impossible to really know yet. I mean, science hasn't come that far yet. So don't freak right. out, don't panic about it. But um, dang, 
you know, so it's of course not your fault. Who knew? Right. It wasn't my mother's fault because she had a headache and took some Tylenol, you know? Right. And I think like just the more we can accept, like all brains work a little bit differently, the more we can like stop looking at it as a problem. I don't see it as a problem that you're neurodivergent and your brain works differently. Therefore, your mom didn't do anything wrong because there is no problem to solve. Right. Right. Yes. Because, yeah, I mean, other bad things happen that that can be your uh, parents' fault and that can shape them differently as well, you know. Yes. I'm not not a fan of putting it all on the parents either. That's, that's, I don't think that's how it works. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So what do you think are the benefits of having a neurodivergent brain as a mom? As a mom, the creativity. I think in life in general, the creativity is major for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's one of my best gifts, I would say. As a yes. mom, um, I, th- I think it, it's also a curiosity. Um, I, and I love learning. I know I'm also very smart. Um, I'm the past vice president of Minnesota Mensa. Um, and so, but there's there's just this curiosity because when you look at it from this um, creativity aspect, I think people who are creative tend to be more open-minded because they're open to other influences. They're open Mm -hmm. to working with what they have to find a solution to a problem, much less paint a picture, you know? Um, Yes. And so with, but so as a mom, I mean, I loved to get on the floor and play with him. And I'll lay down on the floor and let's, you know, play with your his wooden train set. Or I'll, I will happily take two hours on Christmas morning and build this thing, you know? Right. You know, uh, or let's get a big Lego set and do that, you know? So that kind yeah. of led my brain too. But I was also getting into his world. I mean, I was fascinated to have a kid because as it's, there's... Versus being a sibling, you know, I mean, because now I felt like I'm going to get to watch a boy grow up from scratch. And I figured, you know, so I went into it figuring, um, figuring that if nothing else, he'll know that he's loved and wanted. Yes. And that's all, that's the goal. Right. For any mother, like just. That's, that's your one job, right? We all get yeah. caught up in all the things we think we should do or that we should provide for our kids, what it should look like. And really that's it. That's all it is right there. Just make yeah. sure that your kids know that they're loved and wanted. And so he was kind of, um, it sounds, it's, it's awful to say this and it's not, please don't take it too literally, but he was kind of like an experiment, like watching an experiment. <laughs> This thing that I made, like, oh, I mean, that was a whole thing that took a long time to settle into me. I made a person and he turned out awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I know um, it's so crazy. It's so crazy that we just like make these people and then we get, I I totally understand your like, your analogy of just like, it's kind of like a science experiment. Like, how's it going to turn out? <laughs> Especially having four of my own and they're oh, all man, girls. I can't even imagine. And yeah. And like, just seeing how different they all are. I'm just like, oof, just because science experiment B is going well does not mean, I mean, I don't know. D's kind of throwing me for a loop right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun to get into his world and see how a baby processes things and to watch his reaction to things, you know? So when he was still, you know, being fed, um, he had to be, uh, um, fed with formula versus Mm -hmm. breastfeeding. I tried that didn't, did not work. Didn't have the help that there's available now. Um, yeah. But so when I would make myself food or um, dinner, whatever, I would put it under his nose so he could smell it. 
and, and just see what he, how he would react, you know, and just, <laughs> but it's also opening up different pathways in their brain. When you do things like that, you're stimulating another sense, you know? And so yes. I mean, he is a little bit of a foodie now though. I mean, I was like, I have no idea if that's why, <laughs> you know, I don't know, but, um, so I would do that and I would blow bubbles at him and when he was a baby and things like that and just like different stimuli, I guess. And we yeah. would, I, like, I loved, so I divorced uh, his, his father and I are divorced. And since he was about five. And so every time I had him on the weekend, like, let's go do something fun. And we would go to the amusement park in Mall of America, or we go to batting cages, or we would go play laser tag or whatever. And I absolutely mm -hmm. loved it. And just to see, like, I think I wanted to see um, what he liked to do, what lit him up versus not. Or, you know, then it was starting, it started to be really cool to see um, when he started using strategies, different strategies about things. Um, yes. So there's this one time I got him the game, the board game. So he's an adult now. Okay. And I bought him the, or I got for us the board game, a fellow, which okay, I've never heard of that one. If you're not, okay. So it's this board of um, squares. They're not multiple colors, just just squares okay it's like a black mm -hmm. belt with the square grid you know whatever and then somebody has white tiles and somebody has black tiles and the goal is to dominate the board with your color tiles and so like they're they're you know when you get you can corner a piece and then you flip it over so that now it's your color okay mm -hmm. for me it's it's like i it, it would take me a minute to make a move so the first time we're playing it okay it would take me a minute. Like I have to think through the different moves, which one's going to work, you know? And he would just go every time. Like I were like, okay, now, you know, I have to look at the board and then he would go and kicked my ass, so, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, what, how did this happen? You know? And he yeah. back, I'll never forget this. I, I think um, it might have even been during the game when it was clear he was kicking my ass, right? And he leans back <laughs> in his chair, you know, puts his arms behind his head. And he was always been into video games. I had him on the computer when he was two because I thought this would be a cool thing, you know. Um, and there were kid games back then that I would have him on. He leans back and he says, you think I'm not learning anything and just goofing around when I play my video games? No. I'm learning different, I'm learning and using different strategies and my jaw just, you know, kind of dropped and I'm like, okay, then, um, so then I'm like, okay, I have to process that a minute, you know, then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was, it was really true. It was really true. I would walk by his room sometimes and hear him talking to them and I'm like, he's so impressed. Um, I don't think video games are all that bad. For somebody, especially who's who is neurodivergent, um, I watched him once attempt a move seventy-five times—the exact same move seventy-five times before he made it. Which I would have wow. like, thrown the controller across the room at you know maybe a hundred percent. I would have thrown it across the room and then thrown yeah. it in the trash. Like, oh, <laughs> like, not the game for me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So then I wanted to now get this though. This is interesting and, and also says something about the spatial uh, processing. So I wanted to play a new game. And this, this was, I think, months later. And, I, and I'm like, we're just going to leave it on the kitchen island here and just make your move when you make your move. And, and we'll just continue on for however long that takes. And so it's clear again that he's kicking my ass. <laughs> I don't play the game with him anymore all now. But um <laughs> yeah. so he he asks he says to me, before you make a move, are you like mapping out the different options and then just picking the one that that you think is right? And I'm like, Yeah, that's exactly what I do. And he says, I don't do that. 
He says, I just look at the board and I know which one is the right move. And he does it. And he's able wow. to process it that fast and just yeah. make the move, you know? Yeah. And so then, you know, mind blown again on this yes. experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's incredible. That's absolutely yeah. incredible that his brain works that way. Yeah. You know, and so you think about, um, I know it's, it's, it, it seems like it's um, typical for a lot of um, Asperger's people to be off the chart smart. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand. I don't know why that is. I have no idea. But I, I would, it makes me wonder if it's because they're able to so rapidly see things or so rapidly be able to know what what goes next you know right I have no right. idea but it's fascinating though like I love I absolutely love hearing stories of like how other people's brains work and how they process and it just it absolutely fascinates me yeah me too me too um and yeah. you know part of marketing is understanding human behavior you know, why we, True. why we buy, why do we click? Why did we click on this thing instead of another one just like it? You know, um, yes, that stuff fascinates me. I've always paid attention to that. Yeah. And that right. could also be part of a survival tactic of mine when I was younger to be able to understand for me to understand what's happening here, you know? Yes. And, and it's so interesting to me on. that yeah, it's interesting to me that the neurodivergent brain can look at everybody else and figure and f put the pieces together and figure out, oh, this is I understand how you're working and I'm going to, you know, do this and this and this to fit into this system. And yet the typical brain looks at the neurodivergent brain and it's just like totally lost. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no, um, I don't want to say no critical thinking skills because that's harsh, but there, it's just a different, it's just different you know, you're able to view other people and eventually put the pieces together. And I think that's, that's a huge strength. Yeah. I, I think that's a strength too, because, um, I, I, I try not to judge people right away based on how they look. And I know that goes, I mean, you know what, we're all, we have eyes, we're, we, we were cavemen once, you know, I mean, as a species and we yeah. had to know if they're a threat or not. And so yep. we make judgments based on our, you know, we have to, um, yes. but I try not to judge the person because of the way they appear, you know, mm -hmm. um, something that I've noticed, okay, this is okay. <laughs> um, this is one of those things that I, I noticed my son doing a lot that I did not understand, which was he would wear the same T-shirt multiple days in a row. Mm -hmm. And there's something to what Einstein actually said about that, because he, he that was all it, that he had in his closet was like multiples of a bla of one blazer and multiples of a white shirt, exact white shirt and, and slacks and shoes and all of that. And he was a cartoon character in real life. <laughs> yeah, he kind of was. <laughs> he said it was, it was like, it's one less thing for his brain yeah. to have to process. And I, I totally understand that. Yes. Yeah. Thing. No, there are so many high achiever uh, people who um, do that exact same thing. Like they just yep. eliminate as many like small daily decisions that they possibly can because they already have to make so many other decisions. I mean, decision fatigue is a, is a huge, um, like cause of overwhelm. And I argue, and I actually did a podcast about this, um, how decision fatigue, uh, stresses moms out because we're having to make decisions for ourselves and for each member of our family every single day. And we completely yeah. discount how that in and of itself causes so much more, so much of our stress. And we just don't understand that about our brains, how our brains, the human brain, no matter what kind of a brain it is, the human brain will get very tired very quickly if it has to make too many decisions. 
Okay, so this has been a thing of my whole life that I never understood until very recently. Um, that I was always exhausted after work. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to think now. I'm done thinking yeah. for the day, and yeah. I would just park myself in front of the TV, and it's an introversion thing of a way to recover after being around a lot of people. Absolutely. hundred percent. But yeah. it was also like, but why am I so exhausted? And I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it was because of trying to be neurotypical or trying to present as neurotypical. And the, oh, the yeah. mean aerobics of trying to do that. Is yes. So much. That it's exhausting, yes. literally, literally physically exhausting. Yeah, yeah, because you were having to use so much more mental energy to Get keep through a day. that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's that a hundred percent was causing most of your exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can't help myself but to just circle back really quickly. Uh, to a comment that you had made, um, about how you had to bottle feed and I would like the coach in me just can't let that go. Let's reframe that because there's shame in the way that that sentence is like, is structured, right? You're right. You're You're right. Yes. And you were, and then you gave the caveat. You're like, I tried, I tried breastfeeding and it didn't work for me because I didn't have the resources that I have. Like you had to immediately explain yourself. And this is so typical for women. Like we just, everything that we, if we have to say something that might offend somebody, we like apologize in advance and we're like giving explanations. There's no explanations needed. You're Even right. If you just You're right. It. Because I feel yeah. like there, people are going to judge me, you know, about right. it. Yeah. But yeah. And right. they probably will. And that's fine. They can judge you. Seriously, go ahead and judge me. See, that's why I want to do more of these podcasts is like out of the closet. Let's bring this out of the closet too. You know, yes. Uh, the, the autism, everybody on the spectrum thing, you know, it's, there's yes. so much more of it than people realize. And so I, now that I know and was diagnosed late in life and learned all these things, I want to keep doing more podcasts and talk about it more and bring it out into the open, you know? Yes. It's so the conversation is so important. It's the most important piece because then it normalizes it and it makes it okay for other people to share their story and to just be different or to to have a different kind of brain, you know, it's okay. Yes. Whether whether you're high functioning or not has nothing to do with it, you know? Yeah. I'm high yes. enough to be able to do this though, to be able to talk about it on podcasts. So, yes. And run your own business. I think it's very impressive that you, um, because people with ADHD tend to have executive function like issues with like long-term planning, um, executing until the thing is done. Um, and you're sitting here running your own business and you're like, yeah, and I teach and I do this and I do that. And here I am. I think some of it is, um, you know, and the way I grew up too was the women, the woman of the house has to do it all. The women have to do it all, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it is, you know, and, and then, you know, having to work all day and on top of that, keep up the house and on top of that, keep, you know, be a good mom and, you know, do all the things you're supposed to do. And so, you know, it evolved into this um, alpha woman term. And so then you, like you had to become this alpha woman where you're doing everything. But really Mm -hmm. what got me into volunteering was um, I've been in the same career my whole life. I've always done marketing and advertising. I came through ad agencies and that kind of thing. And um, I, I felt like, I still feel like, I, I, I got to give back now. I, this, cause I've learned so much about strategies and things that a small business person wouldn't know, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of it is, you know, taking what some of the larger major brands do and knowing how to do it better as a small business, 
and some things that only small businesses can do. And so that, but, but the wanting to give back and help other people, other people coming up, you know, starting their own business. I really want to give back and help them. So, yes. And and that's, yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that you do that. Thank you. I, and, um, it's called, um, servant leadership. That's what that's called where you're, you really sincerely want to help others and your, your life kind of shows that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's led me to a lot of these things, but also I am an introvert, a lot of an introvert. I'm going to this gala on Saturday and just got done talking to my doctor about how I'm going to get through this, (laughs) you know, (laughs) But it's so important to like, yeah, but it's so important to know that about yourself, like know that like, okay, this is going to require uh, like, uh, a lot more energy and effort for me. It's going to drain me. And so here is my proactive plan for how I'm going to take care of myself and still do this thing. That is so key. But, and I have medication. Don't be right. afraid to take, uh, I know a lot of people are nervous about taking medication, but I was that way too, um, for a long, long time. Um, and then I had to start taking medication and it's like, holy cow, I had not realized what I was missing because it can help so much more than anything I had tried that doesn't go for everything and it doesn't go for everybody, but you know, yeah, I don't. Yeah. But if it, but just know that it is an option for you. If you're listening to this toolbox. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's just a tool in the toolbox. And like, uh, for me, I was on an antidepressant for like a a year, year and a half or, or so. I don't remember how long, but, um, I was very hesitant to like make that doctor's appointment because I had such a stigma in my head about what it meant, what it would mean for like me as a person, should I need antidepressant? Um, and I was talking to my therapist and I was like, but like, at what, like, how do you know you need medication? You know, like I'm functioning, I'm going to work. It's not like I'm not getting out of bed. You know, I'm taking care of my kids. I'm waking up, I'm doing the things. So like, when do you know, when do you know when you need medication? And she's like, I think when you're asking the question, that's how you know. <laughs> <laughs> and again, there are online assessments you can take. If you if right. think like if you're just feeling down or you got stuck in a rut, whatever, um, yes, don't take it on yourself that it's all your fault. That's the wrong way to go. You know, now, right. you're, now you're whatever the reason, you know, there are ways to get to come back out of it and feel a lot better, you know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like my depression was like, it came on through like, personal circumstances that were happening in my life. And so my, my thought was just like, well, I just need to just get through this season. Right. I just need to get through it. But it was so tremendously difficult. Like every day was so hard because I was like, just trudging through this on my own. And then the medication, I mean, basically the analogy that I eventually came up with was like, well, if I have a headache, I take pain medication to help manage the pain. And this is just helping me manage the emotional pain because that emotional pain, it was, it was really, really hard for me to just power through it on my own. Could I do it? Yes. I was already doing that. But if I don't have to, then why not have this help, you know, through this, through this season. Right. And it, it just, it helped to lessen that emotional pain. And I remember this like the first week that I was on it and I was at work and I like something triggered, I had a, something triggered me and I felt like the, the rush of emotion. And then it like reached a cap. And normally that would have been the moment where I like, you know, excused myself off to the bathroom and just like cried in the stall and got it out and then came back. But it just like, I felt that cap and it just kind of stayed there. And I was like, Oh, this is magic. Okay. I understand. This is really good. 
Yeah. Um, and I started taking them too because I felt like it shouldn't be this hard. I shouldn't have to like constantly, I mean, and I, and I learned to listen into my own thoughts and then mm-hmm. like, it shouldn't be this hard to constantly have to like, no, that's not, that's not true about me or no, I don't want to think that way or, you know, try to change it or work with affirmations or whatever. Um, and so I got on meds too. And the way that she did that was in the office, she had me do an assessment mm-hmm. and, and, and then found, you know, also anxiety and depression. And, um, we finally found a medication that worked that took a little bit of doing, but you have to stick with it. Um, because again, everybody's different. Um, yeah. Um, and I felt evened out and I used to think that would be horrible. I don't want to be all evened out and numb to everything. And that's not what it is. That's not what it was at all. Right. It just meant that I, um, didn't go so far down and then, you know, maybe wait for the one or two days that I felt fine. You know, I'm good today, you know, whatever. Yes. But it's so, and so it, it kept me from going down farther and the leveled out place was definitely a nicer place to be than where I was before, you know? So right. it's definitely helped me. Absolutely. I'm a believer. Yes. No, yeah. Like, I'm just, yeah. yeah, I'm all for people getting whatever tools that they need that help them. And medication can be a really big part of that. And it can be like something that you're on for life. It can be something that you're on for a season, but either way, it's, it's ultimately just so great to have that resource to help you so that you don't have to like white knuckle your way through it. Right. Right. Yes. You know, another one, another, um, symptom that is ADHD or whatever spectrum is, um, drinking caffeine so that I can get in the zone. Like I would never get all jittery. I mean, I'm, right. of course, if I drank too much, I mean, I would, I could get jittery, but for the most part, like it was like, I had the sweet spot when I was drinking coffee, I drink tea now that was, you know, two and a half cups or two and a half yeah. cups of, um, really heavily caffeinated tea, like, like, uh, black tea or something. And it would just put me in the zone where I can focus and work. Right. You know, and it's, it's, um, the, some of the popular ADHD meds are actually stimulants, but stimulants work differently in the neurodivergent brain. Yep. So, I mean, who, who would have thought, you know, that's so weird. I think, I know. And it it begs it. It makes me curious about like the person who discovered that, like, why would you like, what made them try that? Was it an accident? Would they just give someone the wrong pill? And they're like, oh, this is helping. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's a story about, um, some kid went to a party and everybody was taking Adderall or something. And so they're all having fun and bouncing off the walls and he was super chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was a good year for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh, I had written down, um, uh, again, circling back to you talking about how you love observing your, your son and how he has different strategies and ways of thinking about things. Um, I absolutely love observing my girls because they all will handle situations differently. Like they Are all, all have four like of them girls. Yes. They're cool all four girls. girls. Awesome. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. And it was so funny because like every time I was pregnant, I, I didn't find out the sex um, because we always wanted to be surprised. And then we were just like, Oh, surprise. It's another girl and another girl and another girl. <laughs> <laughs> but every pregnancy was so different that every time I was like, Oh, okay. This one's probably a boy. Cause this is so different than the first one. Nope. Just a very different girl. And then that happened a third time and a fourth time. <laughs> 
But um, I remember with my oldest one, she was like one, one and a half or so. And she was playing with something and the toy slid underneath the couch. And she did the thing where she went down and tried to reach it with her arm and she couldn't reach it. And then she looked around and she found like a longer toy, like a, a stick looking thing. Oh, it was a drumstick. That's what it was, because some asshole bought my kid a, a play drum set because they hated me, apparently. <laughs> But she she took that stick, (laughs) but she took that stick and she used it to scoop the toy out from underneath the couch. And I was watching this and I was like, my baby's a genius. I was so impressed with her like problem solving skills because she did it like immediately. She was like, I will try to reach it with my arm. Nope, that doesn't work. Let's look around. You will work. And I have my toy within like 30 seconds. Um, and then my my second one and my fourth one have a bit more of a temper. They they like, you know, just blow up a little bit quicker, a little quicker. So they'll get yeah, frustrated a lot more easily. We were playing Chinese checkers recently, and it was so interesting to me to watch all four of them like it, come up with different strategies to move their balls across across the board. And my second daughter, Aria, she was like getting frustrated with, um, Laurelyn, my third child. Cause she was just like, Laurelyn, why are you only moving one ball at a time? That is so inefficient. You're going to lose. And I'm just like, let her process it the way she wants to. <laughs> right. There's no perfect way to do anything. You know, how old yes. are your kids? They are 13, 11, nine and seven. Okay. That was yeah. clever of you to get them all on this, you know, not on purpose, <laughs> not on purpose. At the time I was like letting God plan my family. And at, it turns out my body is pretty regular and consistent. And every time one kid, the one kid was like ending breastfeeding, which was around one, I'd get pregnant again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was exhausting, honestly. And my poor body went through so much having basically back to back to back pregnancies. Um, but they're all very close. They, they get along. I mean, when they're not fighting like cats and dogs, they get along really well. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, only was that like that. <laughs> we, were, we were little, you know, for a while there, but I finally re- realized, you know, I've had enough of you people. You're actually really not very nice people, and you know, and cut ties, you know, like yeah. one less thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, I have really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for hopping on. I'm so glad that Alignable paired us up randomly and that smart connect so we could meet each other. <laughs> Likewise. This is this was super fun. I love the casual conversational style. Absolutely. Yes, yes. It's just my preference. So um yeah. I'm glad it worked out for you. And now that I'm remembering that, you know, we're so, we are logistically so close. We will absolutely have to find a time to like get in person and have a coffee together. <laughs> right. That would be awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I will, um, link up. Are you on social media? Do you want to let people how know how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, my name is Connie Kraskin, K-R-O-S-K-I-N. And I'm, I'm on all of them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's part of my job. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I guess you can't really be a marketer and not be everywhere. <laughs> right. I, I don't do a lot of my, I, I should probably do, I'm not going to shame myself there. I don't do a lot of my own marketing because I would rather work on somebody else's stuff. Um, yeah. So you might not find a whole lot of, inform- a, lot, a whole lot of that kind of thing there. Um, yeah. If you are a small business, though, my website is the same, ConnieCraskin.com. Um, but I would love to connect. I would absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah. Are you living your one wild life to the fullest? You're not? 
Why the fuck not? What are you waiting for? The time to live is now, mama. Do not wait until your youngest is in college. Let your dreams hire me for an hour so I can explain how I can help you achieve any goal in your life. You've put yourself off long enough. It's time to pour into you. The link to schedule your 60-minute complimentary consultation is in my show notes. Join the community of Fuck It Moms by following me on Instagram and Facebook at Fuck It Mothering. That's fuck without the U. So F-C-K it mothering. Make sure you subscribe to my channel so you never miss your weekly encouragement. And please rate, review, comment, and share. All of these things help with the algorithms so that way when other overwhelmed moms are looking for encouragement, they can find me. Every month, I give away one of my favorite books and a Starbucks card to a lucky winner. All you have to do to enter is write a review or tag me in social media when you share an episode. See you next Sunday, gorgeous.